0: Hello everyone, welcome back to the podcast. So I was meant to do this podcast in February, but I had a lot of sporadic trips in uh, February. I went to London and then I also went to Lisbon, um, which at the start of February I had no idea I was going, but here we are I guess for the second monologue of the year. I'm going to try to record 12 of these, so one for every month, so I'm going to have to catch up at some point, but look, that's not today's problem. As every monologue that I want to record from here on in, I want to talk about the books that I read over the last month. So February for me was a very quiet month with regards to reading books. Probably for the best though. So I'll just give you my favourite ones for the month that I enjoyed. So I actually read a few really, really good books this month. For the little I read, I picked some very good books in fairness. So the books that I enjoyed this month were... Catcher in the Rye by J.D. Salinger, which is a very good book. I'll go into them separately um, after I list the five. The Alchemist by Paulo Coelho. Albert Einstein by Walter Isaacson. The Little Prince by Anton de (laughs) Saint-Experier. My French isn't great. And also The Flowers for Algonon by Daniel Keyes. So the first book... Catcher in the Rye by J.D. Salinger. It was recommended to me by Dara Fleming when he was on the podcast there a couple of weeks ago, and I'd heard a lot about it. Like my sister read it and she said like it was grand, but it wasn't like anything special. But I read it and I think it's a book that you should read. So it's a story about Holden Caulfield who's like sixteen and he gets kicked out of school, and he's basically navigating his way around New York City by himself. And it's quite an interesting read because he encounters some. Very, very interesting people, Um, like quite interesting. It's like looking at life of an adult through a child's lens. That's the best way to put it. And it's New York in the 1950s, I believe. So it's it's fascinating, to be fair. And it's definitely, it's a classic. Like I have a list of the best hundred books in the 20th century. So it was by BBC. Um, So if you need that list, I can send it over to you. Shoot me a text on Instagram, whatever. So the quote that I fell in love with and I feel like it's something that readers who read fiction can relate to especially when you pick up a really really good book that you're basically sucked in by it's what really knocks me out is a book that when you're all done reading it you wish the author that wrote it was a terrific friend of yours and you could call him up on the phone whenever you felt like it that doesn't happen much though and it's something that I've kind of realized whenever I read like a unbelievable fiction book that I wish I could just literally ring the author who's probably dead and just discuss the book with him. And of course, that's almost impossible. It is impossible because the guy's dead. But it's a great way to understand how people fall in love with fiction because it's something that I didn't really understand until I started reading it was that you can literally feel part of the story when you read a really, really good fiction book. Like, you are the person, you are the main character in the book. Like, you feel all their feelings, you go through all their, all the situations that they've been put through. So in that case, I think the quote's phenomenal. So that was the first book. I would definitely recommend it. I feel like all the books I speak about on the podcast, I'm like, yeah, I'd recommend it, which is also a good thing as well, I guess. But the second book was... The Alchemist by Paulo Coelho. Again, I was very sceptical about this book because I felt like it was very much a book like The Secret by, what's her name, Rhonda Byrne. And Isa Murphy, she was a guest on the podcast. I haven't released that episode yet. She went raving on about it for about 30 minutes on the podcast. So I was like, look, I'll pick it up and I'll give it a fair read. And honestly, it was class. Um, It was a very simple story. It's about this um, shepherd called Santiago and he basically goes on the adventure of his lifetime to find a treasure And it's a very, how would I say, I wouldn't say spiritual, I'd say it's a very simple book, but the lessons to be learned from it are invaluable. That's how I'd put it. So I would definitely recommend this book. There's a quote from it that has lived rent-free in my head since I read the book. And it's, and when you want something, all the universe conspires in helping you to achieve it. It's like you pick one thing, the one thing you desire most and the whole world will conspire with you to get it. And it's something that I've applied to my own life. And it's kind of working, I'm not going to lie. The one thing about this book that I really, really enjoyed, firstly, it had a really, really good storyline. like It was like a children's book storyline, but made for adults, maybe? I think that's the best way to describe it. And the uh, the second thing I loved about it was... There were so many good one-liners and if you listen to this podcast, you know I love a good quote and there was tons of them in this. And there's another one that is just on point. It's, it's the possibility of having a dream come true that makes life interesting. Ah, Beautiful. Très bien. Number three, we have Albert Einstein's autobiography by Walter Isaacson. Walter Isaacson's The Goat autobiographer. Elon Musk one, the Steve Jobs one, and now this one have just been home runs, all three of them. I actually read this book on Valentine's Day and I wouldn't have wanted to have spent my Valentine's Day any better, if you ask me. Well, probably could have. But anyways, there's a couple of things that I found interesting about Albert Einstein. One thing was that he was curious and it's something that I read in, I think it was Jeff Bezos's foreword written by... Walter Isaacson, was that Albert Einstein was like, I'm not that smart, which is obviously a lie. But he was like, I'm just passionately curious. Like he essentially didn't lose his childhood, his his childhood curiosity. And there was a particular story within the book. And he was talking about how like a girl used to come to, like a child used to come to his house and learn maths from him or he'd teach her maths. And then I think his mother, her mother came over one day and apologized for her disturbing him. And he was like, no, no, I learn as much from her as she learns from me. And for Albert Einstein to say that at the age 50, after he's literally changed the world pretty much with his theories, for him to say that just shows that you should never lose your curiosity, no matter how old you are. You should always ask why things work the way they do. So I respect you for that, Einstein. And also, he was a big fan of solitude, and look guys, I've been saying it, it's the way forward. He was a loner with an intimate bond to humanity, a rebel who was suffused with reverence, and thus it was that an imaginative, impertinent, Peyton Clerk became the mind reader of the creator of the cosmos, the locksmith of the mysteries of the atom and the universe. Unbelievable. Absolute scenes. and. Of course, he was kind of, not officially, but he was part of the Manhattan Project that built the atomic bomb that landed on Nagasaki and Hiroshima. But another thing that I found quite interesting, and I spoke about this on the Gary McGowan podcast, was the fact that when Hitler came into reign in the 1930s, he kicked out all the Jews out of Germany, or they fled. Hitler kicked out 40 Nobel Prize laureates, Einstein included. And Einstein said that, If and when the war starts, Hitler will regret kicking the Jews out of Germany. And was Einstein right? Of course he was. He had a lot of thoughts as well on where the future was going as well. And with regards to Third World War, Fourth World War. And there was a quote that was phenomenal. I'd read it before, but obviously reading it from the biography is way cooler. I don't know how the Third World War will be fought, but I can tell you what they will use in the Fourth. Rocks. He was quite an interesting man and I would definitely recommend this book, especially if you're into physics or you're into the universe or science. It's definitely worth a read. Um, he was a bit of a player as well. I'm not going to lie. He was a bit of a player. Or he married his cousin, which, look, you do you, Einstein. And then we have the fourth. The Little Prince by Antoine de Saint-Experier. This is one of the highest-rated books on Goodreads and I was so Interested why, and it's a beautiful book. It's only like 60 70 pages, but it's pretty much about a pilot that crashes his plane in a desert and meets like the little prince. And it's a beautiful book. He like visits different planets, different people that we'd see in society. So, like a businessman, a king, or like a rich person, a geographer, etc. And the themes are exploration, like your childhood, innocence, curiosity, all these sort of things again a phenomenal quote in this book as well and now here is my secret a very simple secret it is only with the heart that one can see rightly what is essential is invisible to the eye fantastic it's actually a children's book i'm almost sure but it's written for adults it's i think it's like a reminder for adults that you were once a child or you once thought like this if that makes sense so again Beautiful little book. Would definitely recommend it. Short read, but a lot of important points to take out of it. Finally, we have The Flowers for Algonon by Daniel Keyes. What a book. Like, honestly, what a book. It's a story about Charlie Gordon who is basically mentally retarded? He has an IQ of 65, I think. 60, 65. And basically, he's given an opportunity to become smarter. So they do surgery on him and then he becomes a genius. But the way the book is written is actually really fascinating. It's written in this way of like progress reports. So, like your progress report number one from when. He's before the surgery, all that. Like there's spelling errors, all this sort of stuff. It's very like realistic. And then it goes through as he gets surgery and then past surgery and then his downfall. And it's a phenomenal book. It's one of the books that it shows how intelligence can be both a blessing and a curse depending on who the person is. And it was very interesting to see someone go from a person who could barely spell, who couldn't spell to someone who was literally a genius and could understand the world pretty much, like one of the smartest person in the world. And then to see how he went from the smartest person in the world back to where he initially started. And the one thing that went through the whole book was intelligence. And there was like a nice quote described his position on intelligence. Intelligence is one of the greatest human gifts, but all too often a search for knowledge drives out the search for love. This is something else I've discovered for myself very recently. I present it to you as a hypothesis. Intelligence without the ability to give and receive affection leads to mental and moral breakdown, to neurosis, and possibly even psychosis. And I say that the mind absorbed in and involved in itself as a self-centered end to the exclusion of human relationships can only lead to violence and pain. A lot of the authors that I've read, like the Dostoevskys, even Ernest Hemingway, Have both said, and even Charles Bukowski, they've all said that, to quote Dostoevsky, to be too conscious is a disease. And it makes you think that if you understood everything, would you really be happy? I'm not sure, even though like you're never going to understand everything, but in a hypothetical situation. So this book, it was my favorite out of the five that I've spoken about, would definitely recommend. So do please give it a read it's it's definitely worth it. There's a mix of philosophy, psychology, death, books, music, arts. Oh, it's unbelievable. Now I understand that one of the important reasons for going to college and getting an education is to learn that things you believed in all your life aren't true and that nothing is what it appears to be. Charlie Gordon, you beautiful man. It's so interesting to see how he moves from someone who's like mentally retarded and the way he interacts with the people around him to then when he's a genius and then how he interacts with them then. Like and how people treat him differently when he's smarter, people feel insecure because he's a lot smarter than than them and he was not before. They were the main things I wanted to talk about. To be honest, went to London, went to Lisbon. Did a lot of running, doing a lot of running, running about 75k a week at the moment um, just in preparation for the High Rocks, which is in exactly seven weeks, I believe, April 20th. So me and my buddy are flying over to Berlin to compete in the High Rocks. Hopefully set a serious time so we can qualify for the World Championships. That's kind of the goal. Again, if it happens, happy days. If it doesn't, then we have to get back to work, really. Set a half marathon PB, which is... It's always a good day when you set a half marathon, PB, isn't it? With regards to the overall training at the moment, it's going pretty well. I'm doing about 12 to 13 sessions a week. So it's all in preparation for the 20th of April. Like, I feel with this, it's very similar to the 100K preparation. It's like your tunnel vision. And my sister even said it there the last day. She was like, You sometimes go into tunnel vision that you literally will obliterate anyone that comes in your way. And I'm like, Is that me? <laughs> Maybe it is. But. Yeah, so for the next seven weeks, it's literally just hell for leather, see how far we can push the body and go from there. But I also think, and I've said this on previous podcasts as well, is that whatever you're doing in life, set a goal, set something that will push you outside your comfort zone because it gives you something to aim at. And it's something that I say to anyone is pick something, aim and just shoot. Like it's simple as that. Like Set something and just go for it. What like do you have anything better to be doing? The idea of putting your head down for ten, twelve weeks and just solely focusing on the one day or the one goal, I think is is something everyone should try in their life, in the sense of you pick something that's outside your comfort zone and you just go for it. Whether it's be, running a marathon, whether it's setting up a business, whether it's writing a book, it's you set a date and you just go hell for leather. It's the only way you're going to get things done. Also, I have some great, great guests lined up for the next couple of episodes. I'm a senior lecturer in psychology coming on for next week's episode, which I'm very, very excited about because I, I want to start getting people on the podcast that are very knowledgeable about like maybe one specific topic so the psychologist or the senior lecturer that I've coming on like I'm buzzing for that and then I've Andrew Flynn coming on again to talk about all things AI which I'm also excited about you know also I heard something about waking up early recently and I absolutely fell in love with it it was you don't have to wake up at 5am to be successful but I know no one who wakes up at 5 a.m. and isn't winning. Sahil Bloom, you absolute legend. So that's the end of the podcast the monologue. I like to keep these short because I don't really like rambling on, even though I probably do ramble on. Look, thank you for listening. I hope you enjoyed this monologue. I hope. You got a good few book recommendations that you may read. And if you do read, I'd love to discuss the books with you because I love discussing books with people. Thank you for listening. I hope you have a lovely day and I'll be sure to catch you in the next podcast. Thank you very much.